0: Hello, this is MJ Renshaw, and you are listening to the Being Method podcast. Let's start by taking a big, deep breath together. (sighs) Today, we have
1: Scott Robinson, the brain guy on the podcast, someone who I've been following on Instagram for... I don't know years I think. Like I think you I've been following you for years. I love your content. It's very very based in I was trying to explain it to my husband today and I was like he's kind of like Joe Dispenza meets Daniel Amen because you have like a real groundedness in terms of neurology. Like you you I fo- followed you because you actually seem to know parts of the brain and I was like, "Wow, that's really rare." Sometimes when you're talking to someone about the subconscious mind. And I'm like, do you know what an amygdala is? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So you really piqued my interest because I love anyone who's blending science and spirituality. I just like, I love it. I think it's really important to be doing that right now and not keeping them separate. So thank you for your amazing content and also, last night I was doing my research on you and just kind of like looking through your content, looking through your website, and I went through your testimonials and I literally booked with you immediately. <laughs> I, <was laughs> like, I, have to, I have to, do a one-on-one with you. So I'll see you again in February. But everybody, welcome Scott Robinson. Oh,
2: look, thank you so much for having me. It's an amazing intro, and I haven't heard that one. I've, I, I guess I've, I've been given many different comparisons. And, and I guess that is, that is kind of the way the mind works, you know, and I talk about this all the time that really everything you're looking for in life is just to be present, be truly, truly now. But then the way that your mind will always work is you'll dive into your data bank of memory and experience to try and gain a context, see if we can, what can I compare this to, to understand? And then you'll kind of go for the best possible fit. So look, that one feels lovely, but you know, look, I always say don't need to put labels on me on whatever I'm doing. Um, because then that would limit what's available. And, I, and that's kind of what I would like to offer today, really with everyone, whatever we, whatever comes out of this beautiful time we get to share together today, I would love for it to just be truly helpful. Um, go out there and just give real benefit to people. So hopefully we're able to give away a few takeaways that people can sort of really just embrace and then go and use in their own life. And, you know, hopefully there's kind of an up leveling of awareness and all kinds of good stuff, but I'm open and just looking forward to sharing and really grateful to get to be here.
1: Yeah, we're grateful to have you. If I remember one of the first posts I ever saw that you posted, it was about neuroplasticity. And you were really driving home that our brain is changeable. We can change our brain at any point in time, really. So, would you speak to that for a little bit? Because I think there's still a common misconception that, you know, the way we are is who we are,
2: period. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, Look, it's exactly what you said before when you're saying like sort of blending science and spirituality together. They're saying the same thing. True science, true science and true religion, you call it, or true spirituality, they're saying the same thing. They're not arguing. They're not fighting. They're speaking the same language. And we just need to be willing to kind of step back and just allow that and just actually notice that. And so, spirituality would say that you're limitless. There's no limits. There's no limits in healing. But then neuroplasticity then really speaks to that as well. It's like your brain's changeable. It's absolutely changeable and it continues to adapt and continues to change throughout the entire course of your lifespan. And really the way that I, the way that I like to offer it to people is neuroplasticity is this incredible capacity where your brain is able to change itself and adapt. And really up level your capacity. And, and it depends how you want to use it. There's what we call maladaptive neuroplasticity, which is what people experience when they go through trauma and your brain adapts to this new fearful reality. And then you, you know, you live sort of in fight or flight. But if you're intentional about it, if, if you're, if, if you're focused about purpose, well, then where you can drive your brain is somewhere truly, truly amazing. But really, truly neuroplasticity is just the miracle that humanity accepts. It's just the miracle that we now have science to back up and say, oh, we can actually understand that. We can see these beautiful new little synaptic connections reaching out and forming new connections between between neurons that were never there before. And the brain is now able to communicate between different areas that it couldn't do before. And that's miraculous because we ne- we never thought that was the case. We always thought that the brain was, was really fixed, that you just had a fixed number of connections, you had a fixed capacity, and that was as far as it was ever going to go. And now we understand that the brain can truly, truly change itself. And if you Give the brain what it's looking for. And, and the only brain that changes itself is the brain that's paying attention. So, it's really what you – if you can hold focused attention, holding focused attention on novel stimuli, on stimuli that really excite the brain, and the brain loves novelty because it's trying—it's it, always wanted to figure out and make sense of things. So, if you give it more of the same, well, you'll already be running programs. You'll already be holding programs in the brain for all of the known things that you have in your world, all the known experiences, the known people, the known sensory stimuli, your brain will just look at those things and recognize them in the same context, in the same understanding that it already understands them and it'll just activate the programs that go with those known stimuli and then you'll just get more of the same. But if you drive novelty, if you drive complexity, if you drive those things at the brain that really make the brain have to pay attention to try and figure out whatever it is that's in front of it, well, then the brain will figure out new ways to understand that, new ways to work with whatever the stimulus that's in front of you. And all of a sudden you'll find that the brain is literally communicating via these novel pathways. And so what that speaks to first is what we call a functional neuroplasticity, which is where the brain has existing connections that it just doesn't necessarily use. It starts, it starts sending information down pathways. That it wasn't previously sen- sending, it wasn't previously accessing these particular pathways to connect, to connect different circuits, different brain circuits, different neurons together that weren't previously in communication. But if you continue to hold that focus attention and you continue to give that novel stimuli to the brain, will over a period of about two weeks, we, we begin to see what we call arborization, which is these new branches. It's, it's structural changes in the brain, actual physical structural changes in the brain. And the thing that I used to always give to my clients when we were sort of working physically is we would say, you can make with, with focused attention, with focused attention and that novel stimuli you can make up to 1.2 million connections like ev- every second. Like there's there's, you can drive, you can drive a phenomenal amount of change to the brain in a short period of time. So it's like we're saying you can get, you know, upwards, you know, getting up towards a hundred million new connections, you know, in a little over a minute really is what you can make. You make a hundred million new connections in a little over a minute. So I used to say that to my my clients, they like, you need to give me the full 100 million. That's what you're aiming for. You can't switch off, focus on what you're doing, really pay attention to the detail, really pay attention to the form, really pay attention to the intention that you're putting, that you're layering into these physical exercises that you're doing. And let's see if we can make 100, have 100 new, 100 million new connections by the end of this exercise. You know, and you think if you stack that up over time, you can have a very, very different brain in really not a, a great space of time. So, neuroplasticity is this is this phenomenal capacity that we have to be able to change ourselves and then change function that you experience in life but it really just is the miracle that you, that humanity accepts because we look at it and now we have a scientific understanding so we say oh, we're okay with that we'll allow it but if we're willing to step back and allow well there's actually there's so much more available
1: that's beautiful thank you it's very exciting
2: it is absolutely it's a yeah it's a it's a it's a, a beautiful capacity. It's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing to be able to just to step back and just ponder. And even just doing that, just pondering your own limitlessness. You know, we have studies now where, you know, we recognize that just by meditating on things, like, and this is the amazing thing, this is just how powerful you are, just by meditating, you improve the brain because the brain doesn't know the difference between a vividly imagined stimulus and what we would call a real stimulus, something that's actually physically happening in front of you. So, if the brain doesn't really know the difference, that means it's responding in exactly the same way to the imagination as it is to the the physical stimuli, which means that you can sit right where you are now and you could meditate on playing the piano and you would improve your capacity at playing the playing the piano. you There's studies that have shown that you can meditate on lifting weights and you'll get stronger. you'll get you, you won't get as strong as you will do if you actually go and lift the weights, but you'll still get stronger than you are now. like the, the difference is marginal. They've done studies on people who shoot free throws in basketball and the people who meditate on shooting free throws improve almost as much as the people who actually shoot the free throws. And we have all these, all these incredible studies that we've gone now and seen that you can just go and make these changes without even having to have all of the physical stimuli around you, all of the, the training apparatus and the training stimulus that you would actually need, that you would, you think you would need to be able to make that kind of change. Just with a vivid imagination, you can go and make incredible change. And Mm. and I talk about this stuff a lot with people and their gifts, like when they say you have a a gift in life, your gift, your true gift in life is determined by what you believe you are. Really, if you believe that you are an entertainer, you believe you are a singer, if you believe you're an athlete, if you believe you're an entrepreneur, well, you'll be dreaming about that you'll be making, you'll be having grand plans in like in in your head. And the more time you spend just dreaming about that and meditating on that, well, you're doing exactly the same thing that we see in those studies. And you're building the brain. You're building the brain that is going to give you the function to go and execute that purpose in life. And then down the track, people look at you and say, oh my goodness, you're so gifted. And I'm just in one of these moments now with my son. And so I always say the people that I get, I see the greatest change in the ones that I get to have. I see most consistently the one that I, the people that I see with any, any level of consistency, we just see phenomenal change because it's like we're up leveling and then up leveling again and again and again, and there's no limit. There's no limit to how far you can go. So in a nutshell, my middle child is an athlete and we say, look, he's no different from anyone else. Nobody's special. We're all the same. Everybody's equally gifted. You've just got your own unique individual talents that you, that you have, but he, if we're going to say he's different from other kids or other people, the way I explain it to his sister is that he's just known who he was from a young age and he was willing to embrace it. From a really small age, he just wanted to be a runner and he's just embraced it and he's focused on He just loves it. and So, he knows who he is and, you know, he would just sit and watch YouTube, you know, and my wife and I would tell him, like, mate, like at some point you are going to have to go out and train and he'd just look at us and go, like, oh, whatever, I'm just watching Usain Bolt, you know, and we had this amazing <laughs> experience where – we don't see him as a you know a power athlete or a sprint athlete, but he started going really well in these sprinting events, and he started going really well in long jump. Went to some big carnival and jumped to sixty centimeter personal best because he'd just been watching Carl Lewis and Mike Powell on a loop, you know, in their epic long jump long jump duel from nineteen ninety one, and you know he's just sat and absorbed. So all this time he spent just dreaming about it, and thinking about it, he has been building the brain. That's going to give. That's going to produce the output in the body that he needs to go and execute all of his dreams and his purpose. And as an example of kind of how powerful the brain is and how powerful the mind is, it was three years ago. So he's eleven. Three years ago, where he was, you know, talking to me about what he wanted, and he's like, "Dad, I want to break records. You know, I want to break records. I want to, I want to win medals, and you know, I want to go to the Olympics. I want to be world champion." And and I just said, "Oh, mate, that that sounds to me like you're a record breaking athlete." So let's put that in like you're eight years old. And at the time it seemed really silly. We looked at it because he was nowhere near breaking any kind of record. You know, even the school records were kind of looked out of reach for him at that time. But, you know, we put that in and I kind of know how the mind works. And three years later, like three years later, he's just been breaking all of his club records. He was sort of Wrote regional records. He was right there at state and national. And then yesterday, he went out with some, with his training mates and they set up a world record attempt and he broke the, the two, the 2000 meter world record for his age. And like, that's the way the mind works. It is, it is so, so, so powerful. Like three years ago, this kid was nowhere near any other records, but we set him up in harmony with who he is, in harmony with his dreams and in harmony with what he wants. And then when you put in these beliefs, which, with that then the mind just embraces them and it just brings it to life and all of us have that within us but the really important the key thing to pay attention to is it needs to come from truth so you need to put in things that are inputs that are into the mind that are actually true true with the essence of who you are true with your dreams true with your purpose and that needs to be paid attention to it's not just you can't just go and put in just something that sounds good consciously you'll end up with a limited result but we paid attention to all of that stuff, put those inputs in and yeah, three years time, the kid's just gone and broken a world record, like, which is, you know, kind of mind blowing. Wow. Um, but that's literally the way the brain and the mind work. And yeah, it's a beautiful thing to sort of get to sit and witness.
1: Yeah. Congratulations to him. That's amazing.
2: Uh, he's a happy kid.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do we know what's true? So say our listeners are like, wow, okay, I want to, I want to program my brain this way. Mm. How do they know? I'm assuming you have to start with something that's true. So how do you know what is true?
2: Okay. So a couple of things. First things first, hardest lesson you've ever learned in life. Only truth is true. Need to get on board <laughs> with that. So only truth is true. And that would mean that there's no half truth. There's no partial truth. There's no in-betweens and there's no personal truth. There's no, there's no such thing. There'd be no way that you, you know, you can have your truth and I'm allowed to have my truth and all of us, everybody else in the world is allowed to have their truth and somehow everybody's unique and individual truths, uh, you know, are sacred to me and you're not allowed to touch it because it's mine and it's same, I'll leave yours alone, I can't argue with them. And, and somehow all of those 8 billion plus truths or infinite number of truths, uh, somehow they're all in conflict with each other in one way or another or they're all disproving each other in one way or another but yet somehow they're all true at the same time. That, that's insanity. That's, I that's actually, chaos.
1: I read a really good quote on that today. It said, you're allowed to have your own point of view, but you're not allowed to have your own truth.
2: Mm. Well, it, and exactly, if we go deeper on that, all that is saying is when you say my truth, this is my truth, what you're saying is this is my perception. This is what I perceive. Mm-hmm. And I've been using perception as the means by which I test and prove to myself what reality is. So, because I perceive it, because I see this, it's definitely true. But then, MJ, that would be to say that we both look around the room and you see whatever you see in the room. And because I just see some white walls and some lights and a computer and a TV on the wall, just because I see those things, I'm convinced, well, to me, that's reality because you can't not believe what you see. You, you, you find it really difficult to disbelieve what your eyes are, are giving you. But- if we stop for a moment and consider that the visual, that like the visible spectrum of light accounts for about 1%, maybe less, then I'm looking around the room and I'm seeing about 1% of what's there, roughly about 1%, maybe less. There's another 99% or more that I'm not seeing, but I am still convinced I know what reality is. Like we would need to just pause on that for a moment and say, okay, uh, I'm making decisions based on less than 1% of the information, which means hundred percent of my decisions are going to be wrong. My decisions that I make based on what I perceive, they will feel really true. They'll feel really true and they'll feel really on point relative to what I've perceived. So relative to what I perceive, I make decisions based on information that feels right to me, but relative to what's actually true, it's always going to be wrong. So we would need to be willing to let go. Let go of perceptions because perception is not the way that you can test what reality is. We just need to be willing to allow for that. So if we're willing to to... to Devalue, place less value on what we're actually perceiving, then we're a chance to actually get towards what might actually be true. And then once we're willing to just accept that only truth is true, well then how would we find that? How would we get there? Well, there's a couple of ways that you can go. you could you could look at higher reason. Higher reason you would need to sort of step back and use because higher reason doesn't really exist in the world. And higher reason would tell you that the universe is perfect. This is stuff that people sort of say in cliches all the time, well, the universe is perfect okay, universe is perfect, true self is perfect. Those things are perfect, they never change because eternal things are real, only eternal things are real and they're real because they don't change. And true self is always joyous, it's always peaceful, it's always loving, it's always abundant, it's always free. Those things don't change because that's part of that perfection, that's what that perfection is. So higher reason would tell you that that is what's true, which would mean whatever you're perceiving, whether it looks perfect or not, if it feels truly, truly perfect to you, whatever you're experiencing well, then maybe you're on track to real reality. Maybe you're on track to what's true. If it feels really imperfect, well, then you could stop and step back and say, well, there must be another way of seeing this. There would have to be because higher reason is telling me that perfection exists right now and I'm seeing something different. And the way that you can stay on track with that is follow the true guide to truth. Peace is the guide to truth. So if whatever it is that gives you lasting peace You can know that that is taking you down that path towards truth. You you have no need to judge and determine. You have no need to say, oh, I feel peace, so this is true. We could just say, okay, I feel like I'm I'm in the right space, like I'm feeling deep, lasting peace. So that example with my son, three years ago when I said to him, like, mate, it sounds like you're a record-breaking athlete, he kind of just went, oh, Yeah. yeah, oh. And it's like, okay, mate, there you go. Like, that's real, that feels really right for you. Whereas I could have said that to my daughter and she probably would have had a real stress response. Like, that sounds like it's going to hurt. Like, that, I don't want to do that. Like, that's, you know, that's, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be truth, not for her. So, you know, there's, there's, it, there's truth will be, will be what, well, peace will be what takes you down the, down the path to, to truth. So peace is the guide to follow. So anything that brings, gives you that lasting, lasting peace. And if you can, experience or if you can understand, you can begin to correct your perception such that you feel that perfection kind of unfolding around you and you feel that lasting peace where you kind of know that you're on track with it. So, if you're exploring new beliefs, if you're exploring new things and intentions to put into the mind, the things that are going to give you peace, you know, and things along the lines of like, oh, abundance and oh, love in my relationships and, you know, oh, joy, like these things that all exist in that real reality, like you'll find when you place the beliefs in the mind that take you down the path to those things you'll you kind of have that same response of oh that just feels really really peaceful for me and it's like okay well I think we're probably on the right track we can keep exploring that path
1: I love that that was I had to make a big decision career decision a couple of years ago leaving a program that I had spent a lot of money and time in mm. <laughs> and um I remember one of my friends I was like I feel like I just want to leave and it's it feels like it's almost too good to be true, the other option. And she, and I was like, and that feels like I shouldn't do it. Like, it's just too, you know, you got to work hard and finish what you start and all those things. Mm. And she said to me, she's like, well, why aren't you allowed to just follow the path of feeling good? And I was like, yeah, why am I not allowed to follow that path of feeling good? And I think mm. it was like within two weeks I left the program. I was like, this yeah, doesn't feel sense. good. Um, yeah. And it's been joyous ever since, so... I really resonate with what you're saying. That has been definitely true in my life. Like when I sit and think like, what do I want? What am I envisioning? The futures that feel really peaceful are always the ones where my path will move there with ease. Mm.
2: Yeah, perfect. And that's the thing. So it's worth paying attention or it's, at least it's worth having in your awareness the limiting beliefs that are held in society, the women, the limiting beliefs that are held in that global mind of of humanity, and humanity places a value on suffering. Like humanity places a value on 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 hard work and effort, and you'll hear it from people that you know, you know, no, nothing's nothing's good that comes easy, or you know, like if it's it's if it's not you know if it's not hard work, well it's not valuable. Like if you're not suffering and putting in the hard yards and really you know really really working hard for it well then it's not valuable like it can't be right it can't and so if there's a va- if there's a value placed on suffering if there's a value placed on hard work if there's a value placed on effort well you will maintain those values you will make sure that those experiences are layered within whatever success mm-hmm. you achieve but if you hold a value on effortlessness on ease and on peaceful well, you still have that same success you can still have limitless success you can have that limitless peace freedom joy and abundance but you can get there effortlessly. There'll be a path to get there that's that's effortless that takes you there, and it's and it's just being willing to let go of false values, let go so that you're not subordinating to the va- to values that don't resonate with you. You're not subordinating to the values of others or the values of society because if you make those things that are false, if you make those things that really don't resonate with you, you make them your value, and then you end up subordinating to them. You drive energy and attention towards just. Flogging yourself, just pushing yourself harder for no real gain and just making sure that you're, you know, working hard. Well, you'll find yourself in a limited result because you're making, you're, what you'll find is you have all this other sensory noise because you've got this, all this hard work that you're doing and this suffering that you're, you know, that you're experiencing just because you decided that the path had to be hard. Well, what you'll find is you'll find conflict in the mind, and when there's conflict in the mind, there's no peace. And if there's no peace in the mind, well, you won't find that you'll just hear that little voice of peace that guides you to wherever it is that you need to go. You won't find that you have these synchronicities. You'll just miss them because it's like there's static noise, there's white noise that's kind of going on in the in 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 the mind, and it's just not a it's not a peaceful place to be. And I guess I'll just offer an example. So my father was one of those people who had a real value placed on suffering. You know, it was always on like hard work, son, like, you know, and and we used to joke about it. It was like, you know, work hard, not smart. Mate, that's what it's all about. You know, just work work hard. (laughs) Like, okay, maybe you work a little bit smart, fine, but but fundamentally make sure you're working hard. And as an example, I was a teenager and, you know, probably 17, still living at home and started to have an awareness of these things and awareness of these values. And I just remember we had this incident where the family washing machine broke down. And so my father one weekend was doing all the family washing and he was getting on his bicycle and he was one backpack at a time riding over the next suburb where there was a laundromat and he was washing things that he'd come home and get another another load and then ride back and move one, move one onto a dryer and put the next load in. And, and it was a hot day and he was just working so hard and I just went next door to the mum who lived next door, whom I'd known since I was like 12 months old and, you know, i played with her sons my whole life and I just went over and said, hey, look, um, I brought my own washing powder. Um, Our washing machine's broken. Can I use your washing machine? Like, I'll I'll do it. I brought the gear and I'll I'll dry it and fold it. And she just said, oh, don't be silly. I'll take care of that. I I wash all my son's gear. I won't. You don't have to do that. And she did the whole lot for me and then folded it all and handed it back over the fence and Um, I turned to my father as he was coming back all sweaty after one of his many trips. I said, yep, dad, it's all about working smart, not hard. And he was so furious with me. He was just so annoyed that, you know, I hadn't subordinated to the same value that he had. And I kind of looked and like, wow, like there was an easier way to do this. You know, it's like you were just really committing to just the belief there. Like you're just making yourself suffer for no real reason. And, you know, that was probably the first time that sort of came into my mind. And now you just, you see it absolutely everywhere. So if you're willing to let those values go, there is a much, much easier path and you can sort of head down this path of of flow. And yeah, it's just, it's a really beautiful place to be.
0: I wanted to offer you a really special gift, 50% off the Being Portal Breathwork subscription. And I'm doing this because it's our one year anniversary of the podcast. So Congratulations to us. We've been podcasting together for a year. So whether you're a new friend or an old friend, you can join the Being Portal and use the code BIRTHDAY and get 50% off to experience transformational breathwork that only takes 10 to 30 minutes a day and will shock you at how much it changes your life. We've got breathworks that can help you clear out stagnant emotions, that help integrate somatic work, and that help you with things like partnership or manifesting or protecting your energy. we got breathworks for everything. So give it a shot. You got 50% off. The code is BIRTHDAY. Thank you so much. I love you. Okay. I love this. So
1: I'm attempting to summarize. <laughs> We're finding truth and we know it's true because it feels peaceful. Mm-hmm. And then we are being aware of our limiting beliefs.
2: Mm. we well, be aware of it's, it's the beliefs that you've absorbed. So the thing that makes you stuck in life are your decisions. Your decisions make you stuck. Because what you've decided, and you won't even know what you've decided, because what you've decided goes way beyond just your conscious mind. So you just coming into the world and absorbing the belief system of the world, you've absorbed all of the decisions that are held across mind in humanity. And you can make an entire reality doing that. So when people say you make your own reality and you are the one who creates your entire reality, well, that's actually really true. But I just don't know if people understand how it is that you're doing that. So, the way that you're doing that is when any idea is shared, the idea is increased. So, you can have an idea about peace or love or joy or abundance or you could, or fear or shame or guilt, whatever the idea happens to be. And if you share, let's just say it's peace, peace being the guide to truth. So, you feel something that gives you peace and you're just feeling peace everywhere in your life. You leave a particular program, go down a different path and it just feels peaceful and you're feeling joyous and happy. And Well, you've made some choices around that. And that's giving you that peace and that's what you're experiencing now. So, if you go and share that, give that away to someone, give it to your husband, give it to girlfriends, give it to kids, so however it is that you share it, you might explain what you did or you might just give peaceful insights, share peaceful outlooks that you now have about life. But you will have people that love you embracing that idea just because they love you, just because they, they're grateful and happy to see that you're feeling peaceful now and they see that as good. And so, when they take that idea on board, will think of this No thought ever leaves the mind of the thinker. It can't. No thought ever leaves your mind. So, you have an idea for peace and you might be experiencing it via a feeling, you might be experiencing it via via emotions, but it's your idea. It's your idea for peace. So, when you share it via either explaining what you did or just sharing the emotions that you're having and somebody else embraces that, to whatever extent that they embrace it, that idea is now shared. So, the idea never leaves your mind. It's still in your mind but you've just extended it to this other mind. And now this other mind is holding your idea for peace, but it's still your idea. So your idea is here. It's now there, which means there's now more of it. But what happens is when any idea is shared, you create cause. You create a cause in that idea. So you feel peace. You share the idea of peace. You create cause in between those two minds. Cause and effect go hand in hand. Instantly by you sharing it and this other person embracing it and going like, oh, wow, no, MJ, you're right. I don't know. Yeah. Your voice sounds different or yeah, I don't know. You just, your face looks more relaxed or I'll just feel really happy for you. I don't even know why, but yeah, I'm getting it. I think you feel, you, yeah, you seem more peaceful. Well, what's happening is you've just created cause and effect in peace, which means you're instantly feeling the effects of peace. The other peace person is now feeling the effects of peace. You've just increased the reality of peace that you're both now experiencing. Right? you share an idea you increase the amount of that idea that you have but you increase the reality of that idea by creating cause and effect so any idea that is shared will do that and so if you make a decision that something is good or something is bad or something's hurtful harmful and then you share it will you create cause and effect in that same idea and then if you do that across an entire population across an entire globe of creating cause and effect will you create an entire reality that everybody experiences the effects of and then everybody's using their their perception As the means via which they test and prove to themselves what reality is and then simply because they're perceiving these effects, they're perceiving the effects that they've made without realizing they've made it, well then they say, well that's definitely reality because I'm experiencing it, I'm feeling it. And So you can change an entire reality just by changing these decisions. So you coming into the world, absorbing the belief system of the world, You've taken on board all of these decisions that have been held in that mind of humanity throughout for eons. And you don't realize that, but you just accept it. And then you go and live in that world and you don't question it because everybody's doing the exact same thing. But if you're willing to step back and let go of those decisions, where well, you can begin to set the mind really free. Every single one of those decisions, just like we said, every single decision you make or every single decision you resonate with You then assign meaning to, as in you decide something's good or bad or helpful, harmful, and then you store that meaning. You just store the meaning of that decision in your mind, in that memory, that data bank of memory and experience. And then when anything relevant comes up in the future, anything that looks similar, you'll dive into that memory bank to look for relevant data so that you can try and understand whatever it is that you're seeing in that present moment. And then based on your past understanding, you'll activate all of the decisions that are in the mind and those decisions activate your subconscious programs. And so in the, pre- in that present moment where I'm understanding and I'm looking and going, okay, so um, this particular person I'm seeing on the screen, it looks like, you know, sort of maybe a similar age to me, maybe a similar stage. Like I could be making all these assumptions unconsciously and building a picture just based on what's in my, data bank of memory experience. And then all of a sudden, I'm running the programs that would respond to my understanding of who I think this person is. And that's the thing. Your decisions activate your subconscious programs. Your subconscious programs run for all of your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings, your behaviors, your choices, your biases, all your stress response, all of your physiological responses, your emotional reactions, your defensive reactions. Everything in your life is being run by these subconscious programs and it's your decisions that activate them. So if you're willing to just stop for a moment and just say, you know what? Let's make no decisions. Let's just let go of all the decisions that are doing in my mind. I don't even know what they are or make no decisions. That means I'm making no judgments and instantly all things become equally acceptable instantly. Cause if you're not judging. Everything's just acceptable. Everything just is whatever it is. And you turn all of those programs off and now you can access the present moment. And the present moment is where you can find that true self, who you truly are, find your purpose, find your joy, find your abundance. Now, all of that static noise, you know, from all of those limiting beliefs in in society about hard work and suffering, all of those, that static noise is turned off. You now, with that mind that's now still, you have the opportunity to connect to something higher, connect to intuitive processes. You can get feedback about who you truly are, what your joys are, what your purpose is, and all of a sudden, you can find yourself actually, just like you did, choosing for, for your joy, choosing for your abundance, choosing for your success and your purpose, choosing for that thing that's going to give you the greatest amount of fulfillment. And then you find your life just effortlessly kind of floating forward because you're paying attention to a higher level of information. And that's available for all of us, but need to be willing to let those decisions be out of the way. Otherwise, you're just stuck in the same noise, that same loop, same loop of memory and experience that same repeating pattern because when you're using those decisions when you're you're interpreting what seems like the present from that data bank of memory and experience accessing all those decisions and turning the programs on really what you're doing is you're layering your past over the present that's like saying you're building a bridge over the present moment so that you can literally just get all of your past experiences over into the future and just repeat life on a loop and and that's literally what your decisions do so it's such a powerful thing. It's such a beautiful thing to be willing to kind of let go of those decisions. But yeah, that does take you down that, that effortless path towards flow, which is what we're describing.
1: You're so elegant at speaking to this. It's it's really beautiful <laughs> to listen. Thank you. I uh, I had a friend one time. I was in a really bad place and I was walking down the street with her. And I remember just going, it just feels like nothing's real and nothing matters. And she grabbed me by the shoulders and so passionately and was like, but nothing's real and nothing matters. And I was like, <laughs> oh, and it just like clicked for me because I was like, well, that's freeing. Nothing's real and nothing matters. And she was like, nothing's real, nothing matters. And now it's been years, but sometimes we'll still text each other. Nothing's real, nothing matters. Because <laughs> mm. you can like get God. so caught up in like, n- you know, nothing. <laughs> mm.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And then you can just so- be like, blah, 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 Actually, <laughs> it's not real.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're just responding to your own thoughts. So the thing that you're, what you're describing, what you're experiencing is you're just responding to your own thought. But it's like when we say, okay, truth in the mind, truth sets you free. It sounds like a cliche, but it's really, really, really true. Experience Mm -hmm. this in my work Mm -hmm. with people all the time. So truth sets you free, solves all your problems, right? But truth in the mind is not helpful. It's not necessarily helpful for you if you still have untruth in the mind. Because you don't know the difference. You don't know what, you don't know which one's which. It's all information to you. And so that's the thing when you, you have this idea of, no, I have my truth, but it's just your perception. Well, you're responding to this information that you're telling yourself is true, but you have no real idea or guarantees as to whether it's true. So it's for that reason that you need to pay attention to those guides, peace being the guide to truth. And when we talk about going to real reality, real reality, which is what that higher reason is describing where the universe is perfect, true self is perfect there is that joy, there's that peace, there's perfection, there's abundance, there's freedom always. Well, the guide that would get you there is harmony because reality opposes nothing. Reality, real reality has the condition of no opposition because reality opposes nothing. It's forever just going to be itself. It is whatever it is. So when you say, yeah, look, nothing's real, nothing matters. Yeah, well, in my perception, yeah, I'm not actually seeing anything. So why would I need to to see anything real? Why would I need to place a value on it? Yes, there's more in life. Yes, there's some, there's stuff that we're here to do. Yes, you can have a purpose and all the rest of it, but I don't need to get wound up on anything that's false. So, if I'm willing to let that go, if I'm willing to devalue my perception, well, I can connect with that which is real, which may be beyond the the range of my physical senses, and maybe able and maybe able to connect with the things that are actually going to really fulfill me on a deep level, going to really give me give me the opportunity to Mm fulfill purpose, give me the opportunity to really come into the abundance that is kind of that is uh, awaiting for me in life, and that's always available. But again, you would need to be willing to follow those guides and the guide to real reality, which is where we'd say that perfect universe, perfect true self, where all of that exists. The guide to real reality is harmony so you would need to be in harmony with that field of universal intelligence and so we call it the quantum field or we call it the universe's intelligence or the implicate order or the divine principle there's there's a thousand and one different names for it everybody's got calls it a different thing but nobody's really denying its existence there is this field of intelligence that's organizing that perfection always and you have the opportunity to get in get in harmony with it but it's never going to change. It's true. It's, it is it is what's true. So it's not going to change itself and distort itself to fit your perception. Mm-hmm. You would need to be willing to let go of all of that so you can come into harmony with it and then go with. And the crazy thing that people don't realize is what it wants is exactly the same, the same thing that you want at a deep level. You just don't recognize it because it knows you. It understands you. It sees you on a level that you don't even understand. It knows you better than you know yourself. And so, Mm -hmm. what it's trying to give you is far beyond what you can consciously conjure up and project in your mind. So, it might feel like it's different and your self-concept may be taking you down a path that doesn't take you anywhere near your true desires. So, then what you think you want doesn't match with what you actually actually, truly want that the universe knows. Mm -hmm. And if you're willing to let all those decisions and everything get out of the way, well, you'll come into that hum and you'll find real true satisfaction, you'll find real true joy, but it just comes back to the fact that there is only mind there's one mind you might see yourself as separate you might see yourself as mind being in the brain the brain the brain really is a filtering valve it's a reducing valve it's 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 a tool that we use to transduce infinite consciousness and bring that down into a way, into a way that we can then understand. So the brain is this kind of reducing valve, this filter for infinite consciousness, infinite intelligence, that it can kind of dumb it down into a way that we can then understand. But if we're willing to just accept that there's more, if we're willing to accept that there's more available, well, if we're willing to get out of the way, we can actually go into harmony with that. And when you go into harmony with that, you'll begin to get all that it's actually trying to give you. And yeah, life's going to feel a whole lot easier at that point.
1: I love that. It made me think of one of my favorite quotes. It's, uh, your only fundamental problem is your conscious separation from God. Mm. And like, you know, Mm. God being intelligence, whatever you want to call it. um, But it's, whenever I find myself really at a place in life where I'm kind of sticky, I always go back to that. I'm like, okay, how am I consciously separating from, you know, God right now? Like, how, What hmm. am I doing? What am I believing? Like, what am I, what am I choosing? What suffering am I choosing here?
2: <laughs> yeah, and and just and be willing to get out of the way. And even that thing, just the name God, is enough to you know to really stop people in their tracks because I they're know. so stuck in those same yeah. programs of like, no, I've got connotations that. I wasn't raised.
1: I about. wasn't raised religious, so I'm yeah. like, I have this like very beautiful ability to come to it from a clean slate. But I do understand people have yeah. like the God hang up. I I don't. I'm not picturing a, a re- no a religious God.
2: No, but it's just it's just coming coming from an open mind. What if we come at it from open mindedness, where we just say, okay, wait a minute, no decisions no judgments. I would like to get what's true. I want to find what's true and I want to know what's real. Well, okay. When could that happen? Well, the only time that could happen is right now because the only aspect of time that has any link to eternity, which is to say where that infinite intelligence exists, which is outside of linear time, the only aspect of linear time that has any link to eternity is right now. So, the past is an illusion. The future is an illusion. We want to understand that. Think of all the information in the universe is available right now. It's the only time that we could get it. It's like saying that all of that information, the entire information field, and that's what you would need to know truth. To know truth, truth is a whole. So, we can't just see one little aspect and say, oh, that's truth. No, that's an aspect of truth or that might be true I might be perceiving truly, but it's just a teeny tiny little part. And this part does not explain the whole. The whole explains the part. So, the whole will give meaning to the part. If I understand the whole... I'll know what this means, but just by looking at this, I can't tell what that whole entire field of intelligence actually is or what the whole entire universe is. So, I would need to be willing to recognize that the only time that I could get all of that information is right now, right? And that would be like saying all that information, all those fragments of information, it'd be like having a one quadrillion piece jigsaw puzzle all jumbled out in front of you. There's a quadrillion jigsaw pieces. And maybe you can perceive somewhere in the order of magnitude of 50 to 100 pieces, So, with your physical perception, with your physical senses, you can perceive 50 to 100 pieces. Now, you organize those 50 to 100 pieces into a picture based on what you know, based on your databank of memory and experience. So, you'll organize those pictures into something that holds meaning to you, something that you recognize, right? And then once you've got that picture, well, you store that picture to memory and then you store those 50 to 100 pieces in memory and they're now there and you look back at them and it looks just as real in your memory as it did in the moment when you perceived it. And you say, well, that's definitely true. The past is real because, look, it looks the same as my present. But in the present moment, we had the opportunity to ask for truth and potentially receive whatever we need. Those mm. other one, one quadrillion pieces were available in the present moment. When you look back in the past, there's only those 50 to 100 pieces. Mm-hmm. You don't have all of the information available there. You're only looking at what you perceived. So your memory is nothing more than the past tense of perception and that little fragment is not truth. If it's not truth, and again, hardest lesson you'll ever learn, only truth is true. So, that whole, that entirety of the information field, which is all the information in the universe, that would be what is true. So, that would mean if only truth is true, then there's only that which is true and that which is not. So, that little fragment would have to be on its own. It's an illusion. So, that would mean the past is literally a collection of illusions. That's all it is. So, if we're willing to just say the only time that I could get truth or anything real, the only time I could get that would be right now. And to be truly, truly now, I would need to be willing to let go of the past because we've just worked out that's an illusion. I would also need to be willing to let go of the future because the future is nothing more than a collection of projections that I've made up based on what I understand of the past. It's just, it's literally just the future is just the past happening in reverse. So if I'm willing to just say, okay, I need to be truly, truly now, the only time I can be, only way I can be now is say, no past, no future. And I'd need to be willing to say, okay, no decisions because I need to turn off all those subconscious programs. So, okay, that means no decisions, no judgments. Instantly, everything just is whatever it is. And I am truly, truly, truly now. And as soon as I do that, well, now I have the opportunity to connect with whatever it is that is actually true. And so, if someone said a word that I previously held a particular connotation on, and we're talking about the word God, if someone said that word God, well... I'd have no baggage. That could just be whatever it is. I don't have to say that it's good. I don't have to say that it's bad. It just is whatever it is. And I couldn't possibly have an opinion about it because I've got no information to base that opinion on. As soon as the past disappears, judgment disappears. Judgment becomes impossible. So then we could just be. And if it turns out that God is nothing, well, you're going to allow that. If it turns out that God is infinite power, well, you're going to allow that. You just get whatever's true. And so when we're saying when we're saying God or universal intelligence or consciousness or principle or whatever you're saying, it doesn't really matter because we'd be arguing about something that doesn't have a name anyway. We'd be just arguing over our ideas of what this thing is. Mm. But yes, everything that you experience in life is determined by what you believe you are. And if you believe that you are somehow separate from God or separate from universal intelligence or separate from the divine, well, you will be living in fear because now if you're separate from all things, well, there must be other things out there that can get you. And you mm-hmm. only have two emotions. One's love and one's fear. One's real. The other one's an illusion. One is trying to give you everything forever. The other one is nothing more than a witness that the ego just calls unto death. It's that you're trying to get you down that path towards physical death. And they're whole states. So everything in that entire spectrum of human emotion is just a derivative of one of those two. So if it's on the positive side, it's a derivative of love. If, if it's what we see as being on the negative side, it's a derivative of fear. But all of your emotions really come back to a base of one of those two and they're whole states. So love can only come in where it's welcome. Love can't come in where there's fear. If you're in fear, well, you're blocking love. If you are truly, truly in love, well, there's no fear. And so we would need to be willing to let go of all that. So that separation keeps you in a, a whole state of fear if you're in a whole state of fear, then there's no love, and then you'll find there's just conflict. There has to, there'll be guilt, there'll be shame, there'll be frustration. You know, there'll be struggle, there'll be suffering. That like you'll be on that kind of on that side of the fence. And so, if you're willing to just let all of that go and go to what's true, come back into oneness with that universal mind, well, then you can be in that harmony. You can be in that flow. And if it turns out that the universal intelligence is trying to organise perfection right now, well, then you can instantly begin to perceive why this moment is perfect and how this moment is perfect and you'll you'll receive that as what feels like a synchronicity that it just feels like things are working out
0: it sounds divine the being method is relaunching and it is going to be so special for those of you who don't know this is our course our big course our big like central course on the science of spirituality so we are looking at anatomy physiology chemistry physics what a photon is what a mitochondria is how light affects the body how light can change your hormones what your thoughts do to your digestive system like we look at all of it and we try to figure out okay so here's a set of spiritual practices how can we explain this scientifically think of it as like if Andrew Huberman had a child with mm, let's pick someone really fun Marianne Williamson so Andrew Huberman had a child with Marianne Williamson It would be this course and that child would be elite. (laughs) Um, So there's tons of science, there's tons of spirituality. We try to link them all together. We look at fun studies together. You learn a lot. This course is definitely for anyone who's intensely, intensely curious. By the end of it, you are certified in being an energy healer and a breathwork facilitator. When we say energy healer, we don't really mean anything like Reiki, Um, although we love Reiki, it's amazing, I go to it all the time. Um, It's more so in the sense of like, how can we bring more energy and vitality to the body using science? So we're looking at things like, what do negative ions do to the body? What do electrons do to the body? What do photons do to the body? Kind of stuff like that, metabolic pathways of energy. And how nutrients go so far beyond just the food you eat, how sun is a nutrient, grounding is a nutrient, the people around you are a nutrient, the media you consume is a nutrient. Um, all of that stuff can affect the energy in your body. So the course is really, I mean, you can probably hear to my voice. It's like my most favorite thing in the world. It's my true passion is the overlap between science and spirituality. It's been the passion of my life for the longest time that I can remember. I've been annoying my mom with questions like, well, why is this guy blue? And why is this? Da, 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 da? So I've I can't even tell you how many nights I've stayed up watching YouTube videos trying to figure out the answers to things. So this course has just like been my life work. I love it so much. We've got it's all study at your own pace now. All the all the workshops are pre-recorded. So however you like to learn, it's in there. If you want to read. We got stuff to read. If you want a book, we send you a book. If you want to watch videos, there's videos. If you need visuals, there's PowerPoints. So there's all the different ways to learn. Next year, we're going to be adding in an audio component so you can kind of listen to it like it's a podcast. And on top of that, we've got an amazing community. So there's almost 100 people in The Being Method right now. We've got a WhatsApp chat that is on fire, like such good people. People come there with their personal problems and get the best advice. We're sharing podcasts, books, like I'm learning from you guys. It's, it's just incredible. I really love it. It warms my heart so much. We've also got our monthly meetings that are going to be hosted by me and special guests going over really special topics. Not to mention that we have bonus material in there, which is our business module, which goes over business finances, how to start your own business, all the different Kind of systems that I use to create passive income if that interests you so the being method it's great it offers you the knowledge and then it also helps you with a road path to doing your own thing if that's what you want to do we also have a BIPOC discount code which is a thousand dollars off the course which which is a lot. So if you consider yourself BIPOC, then email us and we'll give you the code and you can get in. This is launching July 1st. July 1st is when the course launches. If you want early bird pricing, please join my email newsletter. I will put a link to it in the show notes. And yeah, read more about the Bing Method on our sales page. It's genuinely, I think, one of the best courses ever. which I don't say that about many things that I create. I I don't gloat that often, but I w- I do really love this course. And, and I will say that yeah, if you're someone who's curious, if you've always wanted to know the science behind spirituality, please join. You won't regret it. And I would love to see you in there. Okay, enjoy this episode guys. Love you. You make it sound so easy. And I think It's simple. Yeah, and it's
1: it is is it that easy? Like so someone's listening say and they're thinking You know, maybe they clicked on this episode because they might be aware that they have negative, like limiting beliefs about themselves or about what they're able to do or they feel really blocked in life or, you know, they just want to feel good. They want to feel free. They want to have an open mind. They're looking for that. So, you you know, this is all really good information, but I find sometimes... It's, you know, you read, you read the nonfiction and then you go on to the next nonfiction and then you go on to the next nonfiction. And sometimes it's good to just have the practice. So you've mentioned already getting into the present moment.
2: Mm. Well, so getting into the present moment, if you're trying to help yourself, exactly what you're just saying about that, you know, if someone's listening to this and then the question that comes up was, how do I do that? Mm Because I receive this question all the time on, on social. How do I do that? How do I do that? And go back to your question about separation. So, this idea and your, your question was like, you know, how am I creating the suffering right now? Like, well, how am I doing that to myself right now? And, and then it comes, your your insight was, oh, it comes back to this idea that I've somehow separated myself from God. Like, okay. So, that person who's listening here and going, okay, just like you said, sounds fantastic, sounds divine, sounds amazing. And then this person saying, well, yeah, it is. It's actually easy. It's actually because truth is simple. And like that harmony, that guide to real reality is that effortlessness. But then the person's listening, but how do I do that? Like, I just feel frustrated. I feel stuck mm-hmm. and I just, I've tried everything and I can't do that. Well, the the reason why you feel like you have to do that is because you perceive yourself as separate. If you perceive yourself as separate, well, then the only place that mind could be it would be locked away inside the brain. Mind could only be there, which means there's no help coming. It means it's all on you. In that thought system, you're the only one that could help you. So now you're you're, you're lost in this endless loop of, I have to figure this out. Like I've got to be the one that figures this out and it's, it's my journey, it's my path and I've got to do this and that'll give me the suffering and the hard work that I need to feel like I've really achieved something and and I'm going to go round and round and my healing journey could be decades long, but I'm going to do this. And, you know, and there's so many people that are really, really stuck in that. But it's not your job to figure it out. The figuring out's already done. Like how you do it, it exists in that plan. It's already done. We're For you to get it, you would need to be willing to get out of the way. And so there's an awareness that anyone and anyone, anyone and everyone who's ever come into enlightenment will have had to arrived at, and you will have had to arrived at the awareness that I need do nothing because I'm already perfect. I, I'm already that divinity. Like I am already of all of that. And there's a beautiful quote that explains it, that just says, those who are seeking enlightenment are merely covering their eyes to it because it's in you. If you're searching and forcing and pushing and trying to find it and trying to get there, well, you must be denying looking at it in itself. And so if you're willing to just sort of step back, make no decisions and allow, well, you can begin to allow it to unfold. And the way that you learn it is by living it, by experiencing it. And so the way I explain it to people in Healing is you have no need to understand. You have no need to understand what it is that I do or how it works. You have no need to understand, you know, however the path is that we're going to get to where we're going to get to. And other people out there who do do similar things that, that affect the same result, it would be the exact same thing. You have no need to understand those processes either. But if you're really stuck on this idea that, no, no, I would need to understand it and okay it and I'd need to, you need to explain it to me so I can say, you know, I think I can be okay with it and I'm on board with it because I get it now. Well, that need for understanding is going to block you. It's going to stop you in your tracks, right? Because you've got two thought systems. You've got this lower level of mind, which we can call the ego, itself being an illusion made out of separation, made out of fear, which itself is wholly and completely insane. There's there's not, a, there's not an ounce of sanity anywhere in that <laughs> thought system, right? But you can't see that. You can't see that because no thought system transcends outside of its own source. No thought system has the ability to sort of step outside and then look at it and evaluate itself. You can only evaluate that thought system from within the thought system, which is the same as saying that you can't read the ingredients on the, uh, on the label from inside the jar. So mm-hmm. this thought system is holding completely insane. And then you've got the thought system of truth. You can call it thought system of God, thought system of consciousness, thought system of the universe or principle, again, call it whatever you want to call it, but it's, It's the thought system of truth. It's sane. It's whole. This one wills for utter confusion, conflict, war with the self, hopefully, and ultimately death is what it's looking for. This one wills for you to have love, life, freedom, peace, abundance, wills for you to have everything forever. So it's always trying to give you your very best life, always trying to guide you to your very best self, always trying to guide you to purpose and your abundance and everything that you're looking for in life. These two thought systems are fundamentally opposed at every turn. They're completely opposite to each other. But this one exists at a place that's beyond comprehension from down here. Hmm. Now, the healing plans of the ego, the healing plans of this thought system are circular. So, And you will know that because you will have tried everything a thousand different times and you go around and around the block and every time you come back to ground zero, the ego's there going, okay, didn't work at that time, but stick with me. No, we'll get it this time. We'll No, we'll definitely figure it out this time. And then you go around again. The healing plans in this level of mind are circular and you think, Everything in this level of mind, we've spoken a lot about letting go of these decisions and judgments, this is the key. Everything in this level of mind has taught you and has told you in the world that judgment is the way forward. You have to decide and you would need to decide well, decide right, judge right, judge right again and keep judging till eventually enough people look at you and call you wise because you've judged right enough times and then you can have esteem and you can have respect and you'll have success because you're a really good judger. But that's the same level of mind that made sickness, made pain, made suffering, made disease, made war, made conflict, made all of those things. They're all in the same thought system. This level of mind knows that the only way for you to get to your highest level of life, your greatest expression or quote unquote salvation is to make no judgment at all, to let go, make no decisions and just go into harmony with that universal intelligence that's trying to give you all of those answers right off the bat. The thing to, to appreciate is that this thought system here exists beyond comprehension from down here. So if this is beyond comprehension, then fundamentally you cannot intellectually understand or decide your way to get to a place that's beyond comprehension. Mm. So if you've decided that the way forward for you is understanding and I have to figure this out, well, you have locked yourself into that loop of going round and round and round because you're never going to be able to fundamentally understand your way to a place that's beyond comprehension but you can just go there this is what true healing is this is what this enlightenment thing is is mind can transcend you can just transcend and go to that level of life and the way that learning occurs the way that you truly learn is by living is by experiencing because learning can only take place in the conditions where learning is truly possible And that's you living it that's you experiencing it so the way to understand it is if this level of mind is beyond comprehension but up here exists peace exists harmony exists joy exists peace and freedom and love and all abundance and those things well we can just go there you can just go there and you won't know how you got there your unconscious mind which is way more powerful your your unconscious mind will understand but your conscious mind could have no idea how it happened But you will find yourself experiencing peace and find yourself experiencing abundance or freedom or joy. And by living in that frequency, by living at that, call it a vibration, by living in that experience of life, well, now you're noticing it. You're noticing peace where there used to be conflict. You're noticing abundance where there used to be scarcity. You're noticing gain where there used to be loss. You're noticing all of these things and recognizing this is different. I don't get it. I have no idea how I'm doing this. But you know what? Like, just going to say, well done me, and let's keep going because- this is kind of what I wanted and by being in that and noticing it and witnessing it every day, well, at some point in a short period of time, you're going to begin to understand it. Your conscious mind will begin to catch up. Your conscious mind will take these little little permeations that, that have been sitting and marinating in the unconscious mind and they bubble up to the surface and you feel like you have this light bulb moment where you go, oh, I think I get it. Okay, now I think I get how I'm peaceful here where I used to feel really conflicted, you know, but it's like, you can just transcend and go there. There's ways to do that. So that's, that's what I do and work with people is just that transcendence of mind, just go straight to that higher level of life and then you can learn it by living it, right? You can't learn peace and freedom from living in scarcity and lack and fear and you, you can't learn mm. that there. You need to be willing to go to that vibration so that you can actually just experience it and live it and then you'll truly learn it. And then at some point, you'll know it so well that you'll be able to share it with others and give it to others. And that's just like, that's a really, really beautiful thing.
1: I love that. Thank you so much. I th- I, that is something that I've caught myself doing. And I know a lot of other people in the being method. We talk about it all the time, like how you spend so much time accumulating information. Mm. And then where are you? You just have more words. (laughs) But at some point in time, you just got to, I always use the analogy of driving on the highway. Like you can read about it all you want, but at some point in time, you just got to get in the car and drive on the highway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's really beautiful. Thank you. It's been, it's felt like a truth for me for a long time. There are moments in my life where I can just choose to be in a state of I don't know how to call it. Maybe flow would be the best word. You used that word before. And there are times where I have, you know, started to believe things that aren't necessarily true and they take me out of that space, but it is something that you cannot explain. Like I I can't, I can't write a book about that. I just choose it and it's, you're gone. You're there. You're in this other place and everything around you is organizing beautifully, perfectly. And it's just like divine. Um, So, you've got amazing testimonials. I got to say, if anybody hasn't been to this guy's website, the testimonials are wild. Like, you've got some really good ones. Like, someone said that they had stopped smoking after one session with you. So, what I wanted to ask is just to provide, (laughs) obviously, some more intellectual evidence for people, (laughs) but what are some of the, you know, what are some of the wildest transformations you've seen working with people? What are some oh. things where you've been like, wow, this person's life just did a one hundred and eighty?
2: Yeah, look, I have a few, but yeah, you know, the beautiful thing in healing is yeah, everything's perfect. And for the healer, and you need to acknowledge this. If you're going to be the healer, well, you need to acknowledge that you're not just sitting there being amazing. So I'm going to fix the world. Yeah, come to me. Yeah, then give me testimony. Tell me I'm amazing. Like it's not it's I get equal value I get the same value out of it that the person gets and I need to acknowledge that I need to be willing to embrace that and be really grateful for it for that person to be able to get that amazing result and so this other person who's coming to me is giving me as much as I'm giving them you know there's beautiful perfect balance and things will show up so there's a lot of times things will show up where it highlights a limiting belief that I wasn't aware of in my mind so one leaps to mind recently where I had a girl so I and again limiting beliefs that's come back on that, I had a limiting belief that the best I could do, like the the ultimate level that I could give to people was in these one-on-one sessions with people. And ultimately that was a limit. I was seeing all these amazing results, but I'd really just decided that's what was best. And even with social media, I had always just assumed that you know, it really wasn't valuable. I'm really just giving the throwaway information. I'm just giving the leftovers, the scraps after the one-to-ones. And I'm just really, if I can somehow lovingly encourage people to that one-to-one space, like that's where it's going to work out best because I know I can help people there. And it wasn't until I didn't even really, I just was just trying to be helpful, really. I just thought that would be a good thing to do. So, But I didn't actually think I was being helpful, probably for my first 12 months on social media. And it wasn't until the end of that first 12 months that I got to Christmas and I just got this avalanche of DMs, all these messages from people telling me how much their lives had changed from the information that I've been giving them. And one person said, said they were literally going to commit suicide, but it was the information, the content that I'd given them that really just changed their perspective and they went a different direction. And, and I was just absolutely flawed. I was like, Oh my God, like this is actually, it's actually doing something. Like I didn't actually think I was doing anything. And then when I realized like, wow, so this is actually having an effect. Well, well, okay, if it's working, if it's doing something, well, now I want to give more. Now I actually want to do more. So I really that changed my intention, but it busted through a limiting belief. One that leaps to mind recently was very similar to that. So same thing, I'd had this idea in my, in my head that really the one-to-ones are where I can give the greatest benefit. But I do these group sessions as well, which are just really, really just a beautiful space. And I got this message and on the intake form, and this person won't mind me sharing it because she's sort of given full permission to share the testimonials and everything. But she had on the intake form, she'd written look, I've been dealing with panic attacks for nine years and, you know, I'd like to fix that if we can, you know. And in my mind, I had this idea that in group sessions, like really the people that were going to get benefit, if they were coming, were going to be the ones that had probably done one-on-ones before and their minds were already more open. And But I was limiting it. And I just remember reading that before we did the session and I had this thought like, oh, it's a tall order. And then, it was like, yeah. oh, wow, that's a limitation. Okay, that does not need to be there. Like, how are you going to help people? How are you going to get miracles and really completely mm. change lives if you've got limitations like that? So that needs to go straight away. So it's like, okay, we need to heal that. We need to change that. I need to be open to something more. And we did the session. It was beautiful. And I always encourage people to come back and share what they're experiencing because, again, you're going to create that cause and effect and you're just going to continue to up-level your life for, for having done so. Didn't hear from this woman for two to three months. And then she wrote back and just said, okay, I just, it's more because it was a disbelief, but my panic attacks are completely gone. And she just explained the whole scenario. She said that she'd had a scuba diving incident and that the panic started there, but then the fear and the panic just crept into every area of her life. And did she end up like quitting work and she'd like relationships were gone and everything had fallen apart? She said she'd even gone and seen a neurologist after about six or seven years, and the neurologist just said. Oh, look, you can forget psychotherapy or any of that kind of other stuff. Like, that it's been too long now. Like, nothing's going to work for you. Like, it's just the drugs. So, just the medication. And she said she did the medication for a couple of years, but that would just made life horrific. And she just said, like, had to get off that. And so, she turned up, but she was really ready. She was really willing and open. And again, this is something that I speak to people a lot about. That universal intelligence, which is always giving you feedback, It's always trying to give you the aspect of truth that you need in this moment so that you can experience the perfection of what is the perfection that you are. It's always available. If you pay attention to it, it's going to feel harmonious. It's going to feel loving. It's going to feel abundant. It's going to feel joyous. That's what that feedback will feel like. If you don't know how to listen to it or you just ignore it, either way, it's like you're actually not paying attention to it the feedback will start to get louder and then it'll start to get bumpy and after a while it'll feel uncomfortable. And after a while, if you're still not paying attention, it'll feel downright painful. And so for a lot of people who don't pay attention to that intuitive feedback or pay attention to that intelligence, well, they're not paying attention or listening to it until they just cannot tolerate life anymore. And that could be disease as know, I'm right at the end of the road and it, it's, it's either it's either going a different direction or it's death and I just mm. don't care. I have to let everything go and go in the other direction because death's not an option. Mm. You know, but it's like people, do, a lot of times people don't choose until they're in their greatest state of pain or their greatest state of fear. And, you know, you don't need those things. You don't need to have the fear. You don't need to have the pain. You don't need to have the condition to be able to learn. Like, yes, pain can be can be a teacher, but you have no need to learn from pain because you could just pay attention to that, to that intelligence and that feedback before it becomes painful. So this woman had let life go all the way down that track to where life was completely unbearable and everything turned around in, in one session. So it was, she was completely done. Like just one group session and she was completely done. And the message that she got back was, she's like, it's just been strange. It feels like, it feels like. I'm pressing it, uh, the icon for an app, for the panic app, and I'm trying. I'm looking for it. And I'm pressing the app, but it's like the program's not there. It's like it's gone. I can't find it. And I'm looking for it and I can't find it. And, I, and I've and i gone to find stressful situations and I go looking into like work situations or presentations or areas where I know the panic should exist and I, I can't find it. And it's like and it's like we've just gone and changed the program. You've changed your understanding of the world and if you don't understand the world in a fearful context anymore, well, you just you can't generate those programs. And so that's that's largely the stuff that we're doing. And so you can change whatever you want to change. You just need to be truly open to it. And I would always say the people that I see the greatest results with are yes, the ones that come back, but it's the ones that come to me with a true desire, a true desire and a true willingness to just let go and say, you know what, I don't know. I, I don't need to be involved in terms of figuring this out or understanding, you know, willing to recognize you and I do not contribute anything to infinite, eternal, universal, perfect truth. Like it is whatever it is and I'm just willing to allow it. We're just going to just get in in harmony with that and we'll just go. And they're the people that I see that get the greatest results. The ones that come because somebody's pushed them into that space, you know, we kind of need to spend a bit of time sometimes to help them find that desire within themselves first. But yeah, there's just, it, there's there's no limits, you know, there really are no limits other than the limits that you insist on. You know, if you insist on protecting and giving allegiance and nurturance and and supports to your limiting beliefs, well, you'll absolutely get to keep them, you know, but if you're willing (laughs) to let them go, well, like there's an amazing life on the other side of that.
1: I love that. Thank you so much. This has been, I feel like I just went to, uh, just to use another triggering word, I feel like I went to church. Um <laughs> just so, I'm not religious at all. I wasn't really raised religious, but I I really you know how you have that awe feeling when you hear someone speak and they're speaking truth and it's just a really beautiful listen. And I couldn't help but think um while you were saying that about how um, this conversation right here is a sign for me Um, and I'm taking that. So thank you. You've just <laughs> showed up to be a little messenger of truth of infinite intelligence for me and anyone listening to this, right? You click on something and then, you know, before you know it, you're like, Oh, that was a sign. Like it happened to me the other day. I was on a walk and I was <clears> in a real crabby mood and I clicked on a podcast, which was about, you know, something. And there was an ad at the front of it. And the ad was like, you know, your mindset determines everything that you're going to experience in life. And I was like, oh, shit, that's true. That's (laughs) true. You got me. (laughs) I was literally texting my husband like, this has been a terrible day. (laughs) Um, So yeah, this has been so refreshing. Thank you. It's so, I think, you know, the thoughts we give the thoughts that we choose to believe, the words mm. that we say about ourselves and about about people around us, about the world, even you know, like we live in a bad world, or I'm too shy, or whatever. All these all these labels we stick to, everything are made up, right? We make mm. them up. I see them yeah. all the time. People, uh, like I have a toddler, and all toddlers are shy to. Adults at first, that's just, it's built into their neurology because they're cautious around people as they should be, they're toddlers. (laughs) And everyone's like, oh, she's so shy. And I'm like, interesting. Like it starts (laughs) so young, you start getting labeled with things and you choose to believe some of them. And, you know, for me coming to learn some of these things, and I'm excited for our one-on-one to learn more. It's been so life opening, mind opening, love opening to be like, oh, that I actually don't have to believe that or say that. And it can be mm. not a part of my reality. And, uh, no. yeah, it's so cool. So thank you.
2: It is. And it's the greatest gift you can give to people. You know, it's like, misery loves company so when people are coming and trying to share sadness share fear share you know and uh, trying to give that to you and what they're looking for they're looking for you to buy in and give, give resonance give emotional mm. resonance to that but then you think what does that do that creates cause and effect we're just going to build more of a reality of fear and Mm-mm. sadness and these Mm-mm. things like i want to be helpful so surely the greatest gift I could give would be to withhold my acceptance. I don't have to push back. I don't have to just go, no, no, false, 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 not listening. I don't have to do that. I can just kind of sit and, interesting, okay, right. Well, I'm kind of feeling something different. But, hey, look, if you want to, I'm happy to have you come and sit over here where I'm looking at this from and I just kind of feel peace right now. So I'm not really feeling the same fear or sadness. I just don't see that it's... I, I can't understand anything. It's not going to work out, but you know, Hey, I understand the feelings. Hey, and I get it. You want to hug it out? I'm here for you. Like really happy to, but yeah, you know, I'm just seeing it differently. I just have this intuition that just kind of lets me know when things are going to work out. And yeah, I'm feeling peace right now. So I just don't, I'm just not seeing it as a bad thing, but happy to share that with you if you want to know, you know, if you want to know how that works, like that's, you know, that's kind of what you can offer because you think if you, if you withhold that acceptance of the suffering, will you offer that person the opportunity for freedom?
1: Mm-hmm. But you
2: also offer yourself that opportunity for freedom because if you were to go and buy in, and share, and this is the thing. People use empathy upside down. People use empathy really falsely and think that's the way that you have to help a friend or someone when they're down or they're sad. It's like, right, I need to express my vulnerability and I need to cry with you. And we're going to, I'll agree and tell you, yes, this is really bad. And yes, he was horrible and he hurt you. And yes, that was such a bad thing. And the world's not fair. And I get it. And I'm there with you. Well, now we're just increasing the reality. We're building cause and effect in that suffering. We're building cause and mm-hmm. effect in this big bad world. And well, now that problem is going to feel bigger to overcome. Like, yes, the person's going to go, oh, I feel validated in my suffering. And, oh, I feel so glad I feel heard. But yeah, well, yeah, the the world's still really tough and yeah, I don't know how we're going to get out of it. But oh, thank you so much for being here. I love you. Like, we've just locked ourselves into further suffering. It's like, mm. if you want to be truly, truly helpful, the only way you can be truly helpful is to be truly harmless. Because how are you going to offer anything else? How are you going to offer something different? If this person's experiencing fear and you come in and say, yeah, I can hold emotional resonance with fear. I see the same fear as you. I get it. I get it. And let's hug it out. Well, you're not offering them anything different. All you're doing is helping, you're cementing them into this more of the same reality. If you're willing to sit and be truly harmless and offer that, no, I actually don't see the fear. I can still love you. I can still give you a hug. I can still tell you that it's all going to work out, but I can offer you something different because I don't see the fear. Well, now you're truly harmless. Now you can be truly helpful. So you have the opportunity to kind of offer those things and it's just, it's a beautiful way to go. It's just a very different way to go. And what you were saying before about, you know thank you for showing up and i feel like this has been a message or like i've i've received something here well for anyone who's listening to that like if you've had the same thing or you've had something similar either in this conversation or somewhere else in your life be willing to look at that and understand what your brain's just done because if you've noticed this and then went ah oh, this gave me a message and i get it i'm meant to i think i'm meant to go in this direction or i think i'm meant to choose this or if it's if it's pointing you in a direction well, you're recognizing a synchronicity you're recognizing information on another level and that's your brain your brain must have just made new synaptic connections that would al- allow it to transduce that frequency to understand that frequency so you've just gone and made new neural connections that give your brain the capacity to understand and recognize synchronicities that means you're now more capable of seeing more synchronicities in your life so if you continue to hold your attention on those synchronicities and just really appreciate them. Notice them, feel grateful for them. And then notice the unfoldment, notice where they go and then still come back and go, oh, that links back to that moment. Your brain's paying attention on that level. You're building the brain that's going to see more synchronicities and allow you to tap more and more into that intuitive process. And then you're going to find that life becomes more effortless, more harmonious. And it's just, it's a really simple way to go. But again, it's paying attention. And Like you're paying attention means you're not denying it. You're not pushing it away, and go, that's just some random thing. Yeah, okay, cool. There was some information, I heard something and it was just a random piece of information and then life went well. Well, okay, great. You got the information, but you've then kind of shut down that capacity because you supported a limiting belief. If you're willing to let those limiting beliefs go, then yeah, neuroplasticity can kick in. You can change the brain to one that literally understands information on a higher level and that brain that informa- understands information on a higher level, well, you're just going to be able to choose that information that's going to take you down that harmonious path.
1: I love that. So if our listeners want to go down our harmonious path with you and do a one-on-one or you've got a course launching?
2: I do, so call co- it a course in freedom. So a course in freedom is exactly what we talked about. We say true freedom. Is just the effortless, perfect harmony of being who you truly are because your true self is everything that you want in life. Everything you want in life comes from that true self because that's all your joy, all your true abundance, your true freedom, your peace, your love, all of it. Everything you're the person who lives your very best life is your very best self. And your very best self is your very true self. Like you can't, you cannot fake it till you make it. You can't be uh, impersonate somebody else, no matter how amazing you think they are. And live your very best life. Like even if, even if it gives you what feels like a good result, it's going to cost you so much energy trying to be somebody else. The only way that you can live your very best life is be first, be that very best version of self. You have to be the person who lives that best life. And the only way you could do that is be your true self. So true freedom is the effortless, perfect harmony of being who you truly are, receiving what you truly need from the universe, from that field of intelligence, which is always trying to give you that aspect of truth that you need so you can experience the perfection. And the direct reflection of the thing that you most truly need in that universal sense is the deepest longings of your soul. It's the thing that's going to give you your greatest joy. So, true freedom is the effortless perfect harmony of being who you truly are, having what you truly need and having what you truly want. And understanding that that's coming from a level that knows you far better and far deeper than you could possibly know yourself. So, what it's trying to give you is something far more than you've kind of imagined on your own and it's just very very different from the way humanity understands freedom humanity understands freedom from that lower level of mind which is separation and so freedom from separation is always about getting away it's always about go away on holidays get away from the stress get away from the noise of the kids get away from the relationship mm. get away from whatever it is that's stressing me oh breathe a big deep sigh of relief i feel great but then the instant the holiday's over it's like oh i'm back where i started like i need to book another holiday because it's not lasting. It's not that lasting peace. So it's like there was no truth there. There's no satisfaction there. So it's just a course that will teach you how to do that sort of stuff for yourself, teach you how to do that healing for yourself, teach you how to come into that level of mind that could connect with that intelligence and have that harmony. And so yeah, if people want to do that, that'll be amazing. That's I'm I'm excited about being able to share that with the world. So I think that that's gonna change the world in kind of no small, no small way.
1: Yeah. I mean, consider me signed up. I will definitely put a link to it in the show notes. It sounds amazing. I uh yeah, that sounds that's just thank you for doing what you do. It's really beautiful. And I um I don't know if I've ever taken an online course, so this might be my first one. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I'm really excited.
2: Yeah, no, it, it's I'm, I'm so excited about it. I've had a lot of people have been saying to me, you know, when people people will post testimonials or say or share or or, or you know give a referral to someone, and I'll express gratitude, and then I hear it so many times. People saying like, oh, if your work could go out. More of the world, like it would change the world. And so mm-hmm. this, this is that. This is what that is. It's like it is that opportunity for kind of what I'm doing or what you see in those testimonials to kind of just go out to go to the world and give the world the opportunity to kind of do it for themselves. And um, you know, I said I'm just I'm excited about where it goes, but but really it's it's everything we've talked about today. It's literally just paying attention to that feedback that was kind of guiding me to where I really, where I truly long to be. Like it's everything I love it. It's everything that I love. And you know, and it gives me that joy, it gives me that fulfillment, it keeps the roof over my family's heads. It's like it's but it's just paying attention to that. You know, it's like even it, it even fits with all the like the the joys and desires, the dreams that I had as a little kid. Like as a little kid, like I just want to help. just want just want to be a helper. And it was like that just that was there from a from a young age. And if you're willing, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't till much, much later that I was willing to pay attention to the the signs and signals, the synchronicities that were coming through, but just like you said, when you're willing to look, they're everywhere. They really are. And when you develop that brain that learns how to see them, you'll see them everywhere. And, you know, you'll see them in signs. You'll see them in, you hear them in people's voices and, you know, and, and that intelligence is there to guide you in every single moment of your life. If you're willing to set your decisions aside, just be at peace and just allow yourself to follow those guides, peace and harmony. So I'm, I'm so grateful for the time and the space that you've given for us today, MJ. It's really, really beautiful. And I hope that listeners have really taken some value out of it and and i always say this to people at the end if you've enjoyed it if you feel like you've gotten something out of it perfect but hit save and come back in six months time hit save and just you know allow yourself to go on your journey and continue to elevate and continue to allow things to unfold and when you come back at a different level of awareness there'll be a whole other level of information that you kind of missed the mm. first time and that's that's really really valuable
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate your time.
2: No time. Thank you.